0: What are you doing, Frank? What? What are you doing?
1: I'm crushing this watermelon with my thighs. It's supposed to be like crushing a human skull.
0: Well, actually it's not. Crushing a watermelon requires approximately 145 kilograms of force, whereas a human skull requires 235 kilograms of force.
1: How do you know that?
0: Read it. But what is the most odd and out there feat of strength that you've ever pulled?
1: Well, I had to lift a car off a small child once in a car accident. Yeah, apart no, from that one. Okay. Um, no, my probably the one I remember really well, I had a Yamaha WR400, which is a big dirt bike, weighs 150 kilos. I was in the bush. I stacked it quite badly, so I was actually quite hurt. My leg was pretty fucked up. But, but the bike was on top of me. And so you had to just go, okay, you got one go at this, and just push this thing with a hot exhaust off you. But I do remember going, you need to get this fucking thing off you.
0: Nobody's going to come and help you.
1: Yeah. What about you?
0: Look, I've been wrecking my brains and I don't have any kind of extreme, odd, weird feats of strength. But I do have an example of um, being choked out, which is what our interviewee this episode calls knocked out.
1: Hang on. Who choked you out?
0: I just wondered what it would be like. So I've got a guy who does jiu-jitsu to do a rear naked choke. Right. You're not actually naked.
1: Right. So, but because but you were choked out and went unconscious, you can't remember who it was.
0: It's really weird. Like your brain goes offline and then you have to kind of wait for it to reboot. And while you're waiting, you actually don't know who you are.
1: Or who anyone else is.
0: And then when you come to, like your, your hands, your fingers are sort of doing this weird pincering movement like you've got a little crab claws
1: right what was his hands doing while you're unconscious
0: absolutely fascinating fascinating phenomenon
1: anyway all this has to do with this week's guest now we're not going to tell you who it is now we're going to tell you after the theme tune so it doesn't interrupt the flow
0: although you could check the show notes
1: You're listening to Spirit Levels. It's the podcast that pressure tests the wellness industry. I'm active filmmaker Frank McGree, and every Tuesday with my partner, journalist Jenny Valentich, we'll immerse ourselves in wellness practices from the pseudo to the sensible, and we'll thrash out the benefits.
0: This week, we're going to do something a little bit different we're going to bring you pretty much a straight interview with a real outlier in the world of wellness and fitness and we're going to do that every now and then the reason being we have some extremely fiddly episodes most of them actually very highly layered intricate episodes which take a long time to edit and as you may notice we come out every week so having created this rod for our back we're going to bring you every now and then a more straightforward interview with someone absolutely out there This week it's Courtney Olsen. Courtney is a bodybuilder who is famous for smashing watermelons between her thighs on television shows like Jimmy Kimmel Live. She's like a superhero. In fact, the creator of Marvel Comics, Stan Lee, dubbed her the woman with the world's deadliest thighs. Even Arnold Schwarzenegger snapchatted about her. Now that woman is definitely fit. She's also leader of the Girl Army, which is her name for the hundreds of thousands of fans that subscribe to her online workout programs to get thighs like Courtney. Spoiler, they're very big thighs. And buy apparel from her Girl Activewear company. They follow her candid chats on social media about anything from addiction to eating disorders to politics. She's a prolific speaker, ably delivering impassioned speeches on whatever's hijacked her attention that day doing it from her car or her bathroom or mid-workout like she's her own reality tv crew and she's been doing it a lot longer than the people you might see on tiktok and instagram today i spotted her on youtube doing it i don't know maybe 12 years ago courtney's written a book crushing it which details the many many lives she's smashed into 43 years What we're going to focus on in this episode, though, is her muscle fetish work, or muscle worship work, as it's sometimes called. Officially, actually, it's called Stenthalania. It's big with gay men, too. I've always found muscle aesthetically pleasing. Like, as a teenager, I thought Linda Hamilton doing pull-ups in Terminator was the best thing ever, and to aspire to. I aspire to it to this day. And also Jeanette Goldstein doing pull-ups as private vasquez in Aliens. But that's not exactly what we mean when we talk about muscle worship in this interview. We're talking about men paying Courtney to wrestle them, choke them out, carry them. And it's taking Courtney all over the world. Actually, she splits her time mainly between Vegas, which is where Girl is based. That's Girl spelt G-R-R-R-L, by the way. If you're wondering why we keep saying it as Girl throughout this. And Australia. And side note, she was Australia's first ever women's arm wrestling champion. So you're about to meet her, but just to let you know, pepper throughout our chat, you're going to hear some of her backstory. And it's taken from my last book, which is called Everything Harder Than Everyone Else. And it was a book that profiled people who pushed their bodies to extremes. So obviously, Courtney was a brilliant candidate for this. So we started off by asking her just how strong she actually is.
2: I'm a very small percentage of women who fantasize about a man trying to fuck with me. Right. Like I see stuff happen online. And I'm like, damn, why won't, why can't shit like that happen in front of me? I want to be the hero. I want to dive in and beat the shit out of this dude. Who's harassing this person. <laughs> right. Uh, I roll with guys in jujitsu who are twice my size. Cause I have that psycho mentality of like, Oh, I, you know, and I'm a big girl. I'm like 80 kilos.
0: Uh, Yeah, in the chapter I wrote about Courtney, I decided to start it with a scene that I'd seen in one of the videos she posted on Instagram, and this is what I wrote. The woman in the neon yellow sports bra and rainbow cheetah shorts leaves CrossFit Las Vegas and strides across the boulevard towards the car, pulls off her headphones and says to the man inside, did you just catcall me? He reluctantly confirms that he was blowing her a kiss because she's sexy. She says, I'm just going to tell you right now, a lot of women get intimidated when you do that. You've got dark windows, you don't have a license plate, and women feel really vulnerable. Most women are like, this motherfucker's going to throw me in the back of the car, you know what I mean? Without waiting for confirmation, she continues, I dress like this because it's hot as fuck and I work out really hard. POW! I'm strong and powerful and I fuck you up. But what I'm saying is a lot of women get really intimidated by catcalling, you got me? So that's what's up. What's your name? She fist bumps him. Jason, I'm Courtney. It's nice to meet you. Take care. The man in the car didn't know he'd chosen Courtney Olson to holler at. Courtney Olson bench presses men like Jason. <sighs> Courtney was born at the beginning of the 80s, which means she grew up in the heyday of aerobics. All high-cut leotards and super-toned, tawny limbs. She'd watch her mum's Joni Gregane Super Stomach's VHS tapes in wonder, lamenting her own stocky tomboy physique, but also determining to get fitter and thinner. Fortuna, where she was raised, is a lumber town, and it's surrounded by those redwood forests. It's in Humboldt County, which has been coined God's Country. Courtney thrives on the rough and tumble side of bush life, you know, the monster trucks, the tree forts and being the only girl on the softball team.
2: It's northern California and the area where, you know, you see trees that you can drive a car through them. Like they're fucking huge and just grew up as a tomboy and had, you know, a lot of male friends and um, older brother who I idolized so much. So I used to try and pee standing up. So, <laughs> I wanted to be like him so much. That's why I love Prince. I got this you know, massive Prince tattoo.
0: Courtney's brother Brian was eight years older than her. Unlike him, she started lifting weights in their father's garage gym, surrounded by posters of topless girls. And perhaps it can be put down to a lack of attention from her mother during her mother's heavy drinking prescription drug years. But Courtney also gained a reputation for never being one to turn down a dare, Be it rising a sheep at a rodeo, you'd have to read a book to learn more about that, or arm wrestling boys.
2: So I think that really gave me a good mm, moulding of how I became, you know, the person that I am today is is where I grew up and, and how I grew up. And I'm super grateful for that. You know, had I grown up like in L.A. or even San Francisco, who knows? I might be a total square today, you know?
0: Courtney was fascinated by the idea of having a six pack from an early age. Partly from idolising her older brother, but also, unfortunately, from an experience that just left her feeling really decimated. When she was seven, she was horsing around with her best friend and the friend's older brother, and that older brother asked Courtney to come with him alone into the woods where he molested her. Many women who've experienced sexual abuse will write the tale in their bodies in some kind of form, some self-harm with blades or flames, some develop an eating disorder, becoming very underweight or very overweight, because both have the effects of disappearing from the male gaze. But Courtney chose a different route, which was strength. From that point on, she visualised herself as being powerful, and she braided herself into a tougher being, muscle fibre by muscle fibre. But in her teens, she did find herself also pulled towards drug use, which would create this paradoxical dual existence of extreme drug use and extreme fitness.
2: I was raised by an alcoholic, uh, and addict and, um, you know, not knowing that this was learned behavior as well as hereditary, you know, I guess science still argues about the ins and outs of addiction and alcoholism. But I ended up going straight to meth my senior year of high school. I wanted to have a thigh gap and I was so obsessed with being thin that I thought, you know, I knew better. Like I heard Nancy Reagan just say no. And I went through the dare program, right. Drug abuse resistance education and watch the guy get kicked out Johnny Tindall, uh, for drinking scope mouthwash, trying to get drunk in the sixth grade. Like I remember all that. Right. But you, you get there. And plus my stepsister was using and, um, you know, it's unfortunate she's still out there tearing shit up, which is mind blowing. Like her partner just got busted with like uh, two pounds of fentanyl or something like that. I can't even, I can't. So I'm super grateful to, you know, have figured it out, but you know, she's she was a big influence on me and she was a year older than me. So um, yeah, I, I went straight off the deep end and like as the Associate uh, student body president. And as you know, I was like, and uh, I started the first girls' golf team, cheerleading, uh, was in a Christian rock band and shit, right? Me and Jesus were hella tight. And then I was like, yo, where's the meth? And I just got super spun out. Courtney discovered that
0: meth made her feel more focused and more productive, and it aided fat loss. But it did become a volatile component of her life, particularly when she added alcohol. She was often getting in trouble with the law. Certainly she was getting in trouble at school.
2: So anyway, towards the end of my senior year, a teacher was like, all right, do you want us to tell your parents or do you want to see a drug counselor? And I was like, a drug counselor, duh. And the drug counselor was like, why'd you do it? And I was like, cause I thought I was fat. And he's like, cool, I've got the perfect solution. That
0: solution was to pair Courtney up with a renowned boxing coach, a man who would tell her she had great potential I wanted to make her his final project.
2: He's an ex heroin junkie and a former Golden Glove champion, right? And this is like a great class for you. And I went and sure enough, the guy was just a complete fucking disgusting sleaze bag. Like I was 17 and, and he was 73, 72, sorry. And uh, he, long story short, but this man, it was foul. It was fucking foul. And I was clean for like three days when this assault happened. So, you know, um, after that happened, it was a, it was a, it was a tumultuous time to, you know, be that young and, and discover how the world really worked. I was basically in a blackout for like nine years, but it's made me who I am today. And I wouldn't change any of it, which is crazy probably for a lot of people to hear who are going through tough times, you know? Courtney got her
0: initials KO tattooed on her arm. In fighting terms, it stands for knockout, as in, you know, I will if you don't get the fuck away from me. In the tradition of wrestlers, fighters and porn stars since time immemorial, Courtney had created an alter ego. The single-mindedness of bodybuilding really appealed to her, so that was a sport she threw herself into, but all the while taking meth. It's an expensive sport, so to make ends meet, Courtney worked as a personal trainer, but then discovered at the age of 27, that she could make $400 an hour by working in muscle worship. So this would involve wrestling and submitting men, something that actually appealed greatly to her competitive side. Courtney had never heard of muscle worship.
2: I didn't even know it was a thing, like had no clue. And one day I was at work. I was a manager for internet sales manager for like eight car dealerships. And I fucking hated my job so much. And I was, you know, taking pills, finally got sober off meth. And I had, I don't know, six months at this point. And I got hooked on pain pills because that wasn't my problem. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, oh, and I wasn't like blacking out and wrecking cars and pissing on the hood of cop cars. Like I was still very functional, Um, but I got addicted to first. It was, I don't know what we call it out here in Australia, but, um, you know, Uh, Vicodin something similar and I'd take like six or seven a day and then I started chewing up like seven at a time after (laughs) like a year and anyway I needed to support my pill habit so I was doing like topless modeling implied nude modeling on Craigslist because Craigslist you know back in the day good old Craigslist shit didn't do anything with the help of Craig and his list and I was on there and I saw this ad and it was like muscular calf Video shoot, ballerinas and models must apply. And I was like, the fuck is this? It was like a hundred bucks an hour, right? And this was 15 years ago. So I was like, what's this? This must be porn. And at that point, like I had done some girl, girl stuff, right? Like I had a different name and I had no issues with it, even though I was like smoking meth in the bathroom, whatever. Hey, hey. So there was this ad and I applied and the guy wound up in my office like a couple days later. And the next thing I knew was history. Like I had a full-on introduction to this world and I was just absolutely gobsmacked because my whole life I wanted to be Kate Moss. It was more of like that flawlessness, right? Like not having cellulite or dimples or stretch marks or sunspots. And so he started talking to me about clips for sale. And this guy in particular has a calf fetish. So of course he makes calf content And, uh, then he taught me how to scissor him, how to choke him out with my legs. So we put the camera on the tripod and then we did that. And then his friend came, who is a co-owner of a a webcam platform. So we did a photo shoot for his website called Femflex. And this was in Jack London square in Oakland. And he's like, okay, hit a front double bicep. And I'm like, oh, what? Like I, you know, like I liked bodybuilding, but I wasn't like, I didn't know about posing and stuff like that. So it's literally like my first taste. And I was like, oh my god!" So then we come back and then um, he was like, you know, you'd be great on the webcam. And I'm like, oh no, I have a boyfriend. I can't do that stuff. And uh, he's like, no, no, it's not like that. Like you can, you know, take your shirt off, but that's pretty much the most risque thing you can do. I said, all right, I'll think about it. And then dude's wife came home and she was a professional bodybuilder. And she started talking about, how she had a session later that night and it was the foot worship session. And I'm like, a what? And she's like, yeah, the guys pay me to worship my feet. And she was like making $300 an hour. And I'm like, bullshit. Yeah. Right. What are you really doing? You know, like, no, swear to God. And she was dead serious. And I was like, whoa, this is crazy. So sure enough, I ended up like a month later, got on the webcam and was introduced to this whole world. And, you know, guys would be like, "Can you crush an apple with your bicep?" and you know, all this this crazy shit. And I was like, "Wow, this is really fucking fascinating." Or guys would pay me to get angry, like to see me get aggressive on the camera, which was totally crazy. Um, or like shadow box. It was just really mind blowing, right? So your whole life you grow up thinking the world is a certain way, and then you're like. And they're all over the world, all over Dubai, everywhere in the Middle East, London, Canada, Australia. Right. And so from there, uh, I ended up getting on the webcam and then getting into doing sessions in person.
0: This is when CrossFit was just starting to come out and powerlifting wasn't a big thing yet. I mean, strong women don't seem so unusual now. When Brazilian fitness models such as Graciane Barbosa, Vivi Winkler and Anne Fritas, whose suspiciously well-developed glutes and thighs pump iron in professionally lit videos, have millions of followers on Instagram. But back then, Courtney liked the way her body broke societal norms just for its strength. Plus, she was a people pleaser. And she was good at it. And so, in five-star hotel rooms, Courtney would scissor men's heads between her thighs until they blacked out, or she'd overpower them in a wrestling contest.
2: If it's a hotel, like I was in Philadelphia uh, a couple years ago, and there's a doorman, and he's watching two entrances. He's like concierge, but you could tell he's watching the door. And it's Philly, you know. It's like not—it was downtown Philly as well. So, um, he's watching everything, and um, so I I told him I was like, hey, listen. I was like, you ever see the girl that crushes watermelons between her legs? I was like, that's me. He's like, oh my god, blah blah blah. I was like, yeah, cool. Well, I kind of do that in real life with guys' heads. I said, I can't explain it. I said, listen, if you want to check it out, let me know. No, said, I'm just joking. But really, I said you're going to see a lot of dudes coming and going. And I say like this is going to look like Pretty Woman Part Two, but it's not, right? I was like, we're not doing all the dirty deeds. Like it's just that's a trip. And they'll be like, wow, you know. Then sometimes. They'll see me, I'll be in with another dude and he'll give me a little look, you know? So funny. So, and then sometimes, of course, the hotel's like, there's nobody there or you don't need a key to get up the elevator. So they just, they just come up to my room and that's that.
0: Men who saw her ads on wrestling websites would fly Courtney around the United States and even beyond. Having struggled with body image, muscle fetish was like a watershed moment. She started to realize that men are programmed to like everything imaginable and that's for the purpose of procreating. But as women were spoon-fed these images on the covers of magazines as if that's the definition of success. So she wanted to go out and tell every woman on the street what she'd learn. If you're trying to imagine the demographic of Courtney's clients, you might be picturing high-powered CEOs or high court judges inverting their own power trips as a kink, but many were mild-mannered public servants or still in college, and they'd really saved up for a session. She even enlisted one, a PhD student, to conduct an online survey to collect data, With different cultures, though, she felt like she could definitely spot themes.
2: So, for example, in Indian culture, in the Middle East, there's like a big interest in lift and carry, which is really fascinating, where you pick the guys up and carry them around. It's like a demonstration of strength. Europeans really like arms, like biceps, and Americans seem to really like legs. seems like Italy, a lot of guys ask to wrestle... Australian men like arm wrestling, they like wrestling, but all, my, all my clients, are, a lot of them are into scissoring.
0: Courtney had quit meth by then, but she joined her mother in popping painkillers because bench pressing and donkey riding dudes constantly was frankly taking its toll on her back. Just as the meth had aided in weight loss, she saw benefits in Vicodin and Oxycontin. They seemed to make her operate more efficiently, at least at first. Oxycontin is a strong synthetic opioid. Actually so strong that she'd find herself nodding off in the middle of choking a man out between her thighs. And then there were the performance enhancing drugs like pre-workout stimulants. But add all this to the fact that it's sometimes hard to tell if someone's fallen unconscious if you're scissoring them between your legs and things could get a bit hairy.
2: There's a reverse head scissor where, you know, you kind of like go in a plank position and like walk yourself back to their neck. And that's kind of difficult. So what I ask is I have them put their hands on my leg And then when they go out, you can feel the hands drop. I had a guy, he just booked another session too, funnily enough, when I go back to the UK, but he's like probably 69 or something. And an accountant had never been knocked out before. And I went to go into that position and I was backing up and I literally just had my legs resting on his shoulder. I wasn't even, I was going to put this on a shirt. I didn't even squeeze. I wasn't even squeezing. And I backed up and all of a sudden it was like, I was like, oh fuck, I let go turned around and he was out, out. And I went and sat by him and just waited patiently. Cause when people come to, it's like complete amnesia. Right. And I was like, Hey, how are you? Very calm. And he was like, Oh my God. Like I knew I was snoring, but I couldn't do anything about it. And I was like, yeah, well I didn't even squeeze. So sorry. It's a really bizarre feeling. I'm not a big fan of it, but like a lot of guys chase it. They're like, Oh, can you knock me out? And I'm like, well, let's ask a few qualifying questions are you overweight you know what's your ethnicity because you know black men in particular have way higher cardiac adverse events in their life and and i'll find out like what's your age and but then the, the number one qualifying question i ask now is i'm like have you had any boosters and explain that if you have then no i will not knock you out because there's just so many instances where people have died suddenly and it's all you know cardiac related stuff so if somebody wants to get like the shit kicked out of them or uh you know they want to get knocked out I'll have them sign a waiver but yeah it's definitely uh the scary thing like I've broken a guy's rib I've done that a few times um or like knock guys out unexpectedly like I had a guy in a body scissor so you're choking around the body instead of the neck and he kept trying to sit up and he wanted me to like get him to submit and like, he kept trying to sit up and I'm like, say my name, say my name. And he like tried to sit up and then boom, he went out I was like, fuck, and he knocked him out like around his ribs. Like, this is crazy. So it's always, um, it's always kind of scary, you know, cause you're like, fuck, what if you, what if this motherfucker doesn't wake up? It's actually quite funny that Courtney
0: discovered her party trick of crushing a watermelon between her thighs when one of her clients asked her to. He asked if he brought some watermelons and a tarp, you know, to keep the floor clean, if she could have a go at crushing them between her legs.
2: This guy wanted me to knock him out. And uh, he was like, well, I've only had two bodybuilders in 20 years be able to knock me out. And I'm like, oh, yeah, motherfucker. Fine. I love a challenge. Right. So I put him in uh, a... A sideways figure four. So essentially it's like a rear naked choke, but you're on their neck with your leg. And I start squeezing and I hear this loud pop and he just goes out. And I was super fucking high, like super functional, but I just taken like six Norcos on the way down to his office from my house. Cause he was in town. It was about a 45 minute drive. And you know, I get there and I'm, I'm pretty, pretty buzzed. And, uh, he goes out and I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, I just, I thought I broke his neck. And in the corner of the room was this blue tarp, like a painter's tarp in the watermelons. And I'm like, am I supposed to wrap his body up and throw him in the dumpster? What the, What am I supposed to do? I was freaking the fuck out. It was the longest, I will say it was like eight seconds of my life. And as soon as, you know, I let go and like laid him down on his back and I'm just sitting there staring at him like, and he came to, and he's like foaming at the edge of his mouth. And he comes to him, I'm like, did you enjoy your nap? dying inside and he's like wow that was amazing and I was like yeah well (laughs) funny story I I thought I broke your neck (laughs) and I told him I heard this loud pop and he's like oh I'm sorry he said he had like a motorbike accident and his sternum pops like his sternum pops out of place I had so much adrenaline pumping through my body that I think when it came time to crush watermelons, I was just like, yeah, fucking, I can do anything, you know, like I didn't just kill a man. I'm, I'm good. No worries. (laughs) Super fired up. And that's what was just like, bang, bang, bang. You know, the watermelons were super easy. And uh, I mean, I probably could have picked a car up off somebody at that point.
0: Of course, when Courtney goes on a TV show to crush watermelons between her legs in front of an agog studio audience, she can't say any of this.
2: like so how did you get started and i'm like not a friend dare me i really want to tell this story you know with my book like that was such a big part of it because a i want people to know that the world is not what you think it is men find beauty and all sorts of random ass shit to hairy armpits to wide feet you know whatever and um yeah so i i find it so fascinating Because I often wonder, I'm like, how many of these guys, how many, is this like mommy issues or, right? But then I get guys too that email me who are like, oh, goddess KO, my God, I love you so much. I've been following you since I was like 14. And I'm like, what? (laughs) You know, they're old. They're like 21 now or whatever. And I often think it's that social contagion thing. A lot of the guys I have to ask, I'm always like, how, how? did you wind up doing this? You know what I mean? Like how the fuck is this progressed into like wanting to get your balls stomped on? This is super fascinating. Right. But a lot of them, you know, saw like a, a picture of a bodybuilder back in the day or watched, you know, a James Bond movie um, and just saw women in like this, this powerful light. And it just became a thing.
0: Everything changed when Courtney met a new client in a hotel in Australia and fell in love. British bloke David May, his love for Courtney only had two conditions. Whatever she did, she should be safe and she should be happy. They were wise words to give someone so wild at heart and they're still married today. Courtney took years off muscle worship work, but now she does it again to keep her apparel-labeled girl and her other projects pumping. The landscapes changed somewhat as it's become much more of an aesthetic thing for girls to build up glutes and quads in the gym.
2: You see, like, this big movement and like, muscle mommies, right? And, like, well, fuck, what am I, a muscle grandma? Like, (laughs) this is ridiculous. These girls are, like, in their 20s, you know? It is so much more mainstream, right? Like, I post, even with the watermelon stuff, right? Like, you get guys that are, like, death by snoo-snoo, or whatever that means. It's, like, some Rick and Morty shit. I have no idea. Or, you know, oh, mommy, do that to me. Like they post all sorts of comments like that whenever I'm on social media. And so it's kind of become a bit more acceptable and known and and mainstream. But I don't think, you know, women just don't know about it. You know, like they they know, but they don't know. No, I would love to see more women be able to get into this and, you know, make some money because guys are just. There's so many of them out there who want to, and they really want to experience female strength and like how there's this huge fascination from around like grade school, you know, where there was always that really fast track star or cheerleader with big legs or the girl that used to beat all the boys in PE. And they're just like, oh, I wonder if I could get my ass kicked. like It's just like this fantasy. I don't know how to explain it. This is such a trip.
0: Courtney's been adding lots of skills to her repertoire, but mainly focuses on jiu-jitsu and wrestling for those submission moves.
2: Like, in fact, I'm getting ready to go London, all around Europe, Amsterdam, Vienna, south of France, Italy, uh, Rome, Milan, Budapest, Belgium, fucking all over the place. And then up over to Dubai. It's crazy. I'm actually developing a an academy right now, too, to teach women how to do this shit. That's just an online course. There'll be six or seven modules, you know, breaking down um, what sessions are and what making content is. So it'll be like in-person sessions or take the path of making content. And then with the sessions, you know, how to get yourself listed, how to stay safe, how to book, how to advertise, where to travel to. And then with the content, it's going to be like, you know, how to, how to make it, where to make it, what are your best practices? charging, you know, all that kind of stuff. So essentially helping women understand, you know, the male mindset, you know, what they what they like about women in this space. And a big part of that is confidence. You know, like a confident woman is so fucking hot. How bullshit is it that women, you know, compete and spend so much time in their sport and then they're awarded like a expired tub of protein or some shit, you know, they got to like beg for sponsors. And it's like, hey, bitch, let me teach you how to make, four hundred dollars an hour doing what you already do just wear a bikini you know what i mean like it's crazy (laughs) so frank Yep. do you reckon i could
0: crush your head between my thighs like a walnut i hope so should we try yeah i'd love that okay (laughs) Uh,
1: yeah i think you're you're obviously incredibly strong i mean you have been a bodybuilder. You've been a Muay Thai fighter. I'm not trying to talk you up here, but we're I we're the same height. Well, <laughs> if we look at our dating profiles, we're the same height. Jenny said she was five foot ten. I'm five foot ten and a half, and we are using half. And a half. We are <laughs> using halves. I'm like that eight year old kid. I'm
0: eight and a half.
1: Um, but you're not five foot ten, are you?
0: Well, no. It turns out we measured me, and I'm not. But I'm, no. I'm pretty close.
1: You're five foot eight. Uh,
0: no, nine. Anyway. Um,
1: <laughs> no, but you are you are incredibly strong. Your shoulders and biceps are probably bigger than mine. Really? Well, definitely your biceps probably are, and your shoulders. I think you have they're a very... just
0: proportionately bigger. Yours are bigger. Yeah. But mine are like more defined.
1: Yeah, I think that's true. And a lot of my friends have said, oh, "Does she take you down?
0: Does <laughs> she and, bring you down?" They said,
1: "Yeah, does she bring you down emotionally?" <laughs> And I'm like, sometimes, (laughs) no, they seriously they go, wow, she's so tough. She's, does she take you down? And I'm like,
0: what a bunch of creeps, by the way. It's not a
1: sexual way. They they love, they love violence. These are guys that love violence, love watching UFC. (laughs) And I have to say to them, absolutely not. And we've and we've tested this on many many occasions. It was a shock to Jenny. Yeah. Tell us about the shock.
0: Yeah, it's not not nice actually. It's not nice when you've trained in Muay Thai. And you know the moves and basically someone comes along, a dude who's your height, and yet they're more sort of fibrously packed, if you like, more sinuously packed.
1: I think it's called bone density. Whatever.
0: Man. Um So there is that technical advantage and it, and it, is, it is actually um, demoralizing. But also, I mean, it's fun when we wrestle. We wrestle quite frequently, and you put in some fake teeth just to (laughs) completely wipe me out with laughter.
1: Yeah, I played John DuPont, who was a wrestling coach in the film. Foxcatcher. Foxcatcher, but that's another story.
0: Yeah, but But, you should definitely watch the film Foxcatcher.
1: Yeah. But what Jenny doesn't understand, (laughs) which I'm going to explain to her (laughs) and the audience right now, is that young boys that's what they do. They wrestle, right? There's a whole pecking order gets established really quickly in school when you first start. And how it is done is through strength. And I went to a little primary, little Mick primary school and there were 12 boys in my year and we all had fought each other. It, it gets it gets established and, and and boys wrestle, They then um, they play sp- like the the sports we play, Australian rules Football, is very physical.
0: Are you saying this is in my mind then? Are you Are saying I don't have the mental self-belief?
1: No, I'm saying that we have our bone density and the strength and the experience in wrestling as a male. And you're a female. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't think that really applies to all men. I, I can think of so many men in my life who that wouldn't apply to. They might have got the odd shove and gone woo.
1: Yeah, no, but, no. I'm but not, they yeah, haven't
0: wrestled their way to like a fucking point on a ladder
1: okay yeah no I'm not saying this is like every you. this is not every guy but most guys have had this experience um yeah but there's also a pride thing like there's no way I'm not lose to you
0: <laughs> when we were saying goodbye to Courtney though you did say that and she had something to say about it
1: and it's great wrestling Jenny because she's she's same height as me and very yeah. powerful
2: Sounds
1: yeah really fun but I'll never lose
2: you're right. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, well, fucking let's set this up. I'm going to come out. Yeah, and- you're
1: going to go and coach her right now, aren't you?
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> You've been listening to Spirit Levels, a weekly show with Jenny Valentin and Frank McGree. Subscribe to hear our show every Tuesday. And we'd love to see you on Instagram. We're Spirit Levels Podcast and TikTok, where we're spirit levels. See you next week.